Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In all three scripture readings for this weekend, we hear about the importance of keeping faith. In the first reading from the book of the prophet Habakkuk, we hear about the importance of faith, especially during times of struggle or challenge in our life. In the second reading, from Paul's letter to Timothy, here we have faith in terms of keeping faith, faith in our church and the teachings of Christ. Finally, in the gospel, Jesus teaches us that our faith can actually grow stronger in the midst of the challenges and the hardships of life. Now, let's go into the first reading from the book of the prophet Habakkuk. Now, we don't really hear from Habakkuk that much throughout the liturgical year, but nonetheless, his message is very important. Now, in order to understand this first reading, we have to always understand the context in which this reading is set into. During the time of the prophet Habakkuk, essentially the Babylonian Empire has invaded the Israelite nation and is sacking village after village, city after city. There's only one city left, Jerusalem, and all the Israelites now are hiding behind the walls of Jerusalem. Now, the Israelites know the Babylonians are such a powerful force, they're no match for them. Ultimately, the country is going to fall. They're going to become slaves to the Babylonians. Worse yet, when the Babylonians come to Jerusalem, they'll level the city. They'll go into the temple and loot the holy temple, stealing all the precious jewelry and gold. Worse yet, the Israelites will be carried off as slaves to the Babylonians to live there in present-day Iraq. So they know this is a dire consequences for them all. See, with that in mind, now we can go to the beginning of the first reading. As it says, How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you, violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Destruction and violence are before me. Well, the Israelites are now are pleading to God. They're saying, Lord, look the, what the Babylonians are doing to us. And you're not going to do anything to help us? We're supposed to be your chosen people, the holy nation, and you're not lifting a finger to help us as these Babylonians are going to conquer us. Where are you, God? And so that's the cry or the plea of the Israelites right now. But notice how God responds. It says, God said to Habakkuk, write this down. He says, the just one or the faithful one, because he has faith, will live. Which means, God, all he's telling the Israelites, just have faith in me. Have faith in me and the relationship that you have, and you will persevere through this tragedy. But that's the problem with the Israelites. They don't have faith. Or the little faith they have is tenuous at best. How often have we felt like the Israelites? Sometimes we felt so overwhelmed with the struggles of life to a point where we feel we can't continue anymore. You know, we all have struggles or hardships in life. You know, no one is immune from them. Maybe it's an unexpected diagnosis 
or maybe an unexpected diagnosis of our child or our parent. Maybe it's an unexpected loss of a loved one in our family. Maybe it's strained relationships in our marriages or maybe in our families or in the neighborhood or at work. Maybe we're worried about losing our job, getting laid off in this terrible economy. Well, we all deal with struggles, and sometimes they get so unbelievably strong that we raise our arms up in the air and we echo those words of the Israelites, how long? How long can I endure this? How long can I take this pain? But that's where faith comes in. We must have faith. Faith in God. We have to allow the words of God to echo through our life. As he says, the faithful one, because he has faith, will live, will persevere. See, faith helps us. It helps us to persevere through those struggles in life. Why? Because faith gives us hope. Hope of deliverance. That somehow, some way, God will deliver us from the struggle or hardships in life. That those struggles will not overcome us. They won't get the best of us. As the psalmist says, Come and bow before the Lord, and he will deliver us from our evil. You know, that's a great message that Paul is trying to teach Timothy too. Timothy in the second reading is now struggling. His problem is that he's trying to become the leader of the Christian community in Ephesus where Paul sent him. But his problem is that he's a young man. And remember, it's a patriarchal society back then in the ancient world. Older men were looked upon as people with wisdom, knowledge, and leaders. Young men were looked upon as being inexperienced. They didn't have worldly knowledge like an older person would. And so Timothy has a hard time becoming the leader of this Christian community. But notice Paul. Notice his words of encouragement. He says, I remind you to stir into flame the gift that God has given you through the imposition of hands. So Paul is reminding Timothy the imposition of hands, which means what? Is not only his confirmation, but his ordination itself. Well, for all of us that have been confirmed, the bishop or the archbishop of our diocese laid hands upon us, and he conferred the Holy Spirit upon us. We were sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit resides within us, giving us the strength each and every day of our life to live out our faith. That's why Paul says at the very end of the second reading, he says, guard this rich trust with the help of the Holy Spirit. That dwells within us. So Paul is reminding Timothy and us the great gift of the Holy Spirit given to us at baptism and confirmation and how that gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, helps to strengthen our faith. Now that's a wonderful segue into the gospel. Here the apostles approach Jesus with a request, increase our faith. The apostles already have faith in Jesus Christ. They just want it to grow. Well, I would argue sometimes it's in the very midst of the struggles or the hardships of life that God helps us to strengthen and increase our faith. I'll give you a great example of this. At a parish I was once at, I got to know a family. The family was a relatively young family around my age. The wife's name was Susan, the husband's name was John, and they had three young children. You know, the very faithful family, they always came to Mass every weekend. You always saw them around the parish helping out. Well, one day, Susan came down with a cold. Well, the cold progressed to a flu. The flu progressed to something altogether 
terrible, such that John had to bring Susan into the hospital. So they thought, okay, well, we'll just get some antibiotics, maybe some IV fluids, and we'll be back home in a day or so. Well, after just one day in the hospital, Susan's health rapidly deteriorated. She became so weak, she couldn't even get out of bed. More to it, her organs began to shut down. She had a hard time breathing. In addition to her kidneys started to malfunction. Well, the doctors didn't know what was going on with her and why her health was deteriorating quite rapidly. So after a series of different tests and imaging, they found out she had a rare blood infection. Now, because the blood was circulating throughout her body, it began to affect her organs. Her organs began to shut down, first her lungs. She had a very difficult time breathing on her own, so they had to put her on a ventilator. Next, her kidneys began to shut down, so she had to receive dialysis three times a week. Now, during this whole time, John was at her bedside, morning, noon, and night, and he was praying. In fact, many of his family and his friends and people of the parish, including myself, would visit often, and we always prayed together. And John accredited this to helping him through this struggle. That prayer helped him to keep the faith. The other thing that John attested to when he told me about this was that the Eucharist was brought to him every day. Every day there was somebody from a local parish that distributed communion to the patients in the hospital. Well, they always came to Susan's room and gave John communion. And he attributes communion and prayer to sustaining his faith during this terrible struggle. Well, after several weeks, Mary's condition became even grave. One night, I got a call from John. It was around 11 or 12 at night. And he said, Father Dan, the doctors think that Susan is not going to make it through the night. So I immediately went to the hospital. I anointed Susan, and then I stayed with John the entire night. Now, at morning came, I told John I had to get back to the parish to say Mass, and he understood that. Now, what was interesting, the doctor that was taking care of Susan for the past 24 hours, he had to go home and get some rest. But before he left, he came into the room and he looked at John and he said, do you mind if I pray right now for Susan? John said, absolutely. So the three of us were at Susan's bedside, John, Susan's doctor, and myself, and we prayed. And when the doctor left, John looked at me and he said, that was a powerful, a spiritually powerful moment for me. Well, John held on to that faith and his faith, you could see, was getting stronger. He said he knew something was going to happen. And he trusted in the Lord, whether the Lord was going to take Susan or whether the Lord would give Susan back to him, no matter what, he knew that the Lord was there for both of them. Well, after a few days, Susan's condition began to improve. Suddenly, she was able to breathe on her own, so they took her off the ventilator. Then her kidneys began to function properly, so they took her off her dialysis. And gradually, she turned the corner she was able to make a full recovery. And so, she wasn't out of the woods yet. Because of the blood infection, her extremities weren't able to properly be perfused or receive blood that nourished them. And so, her fingers as well as her feet were all blackened and necrotic. The tissue was dying. So, as soon as Susan was strong enough, she had to receive several operations to amputate all of her fingers. They also amputated a foot as well as a half of a foot. So Susan was not out of the woods yet. 
As soon as it, she was discharged from the hospital, she went into a nursing home. For six months, she was in rehab. She had to learn again how to feed herself, bathe herself, clothe herself. More to it, she had to learn to walk again. And so it was a great struggle. Now, I visited her and John every week at the nursing home. And you know, her faith was stronger than ever. I'll never forget when she spoke to me about this. She said, you know, Father, I knew I was close to death. The doctors told me. But God saved me. He gave me another lease on life. And she said, you know, I could have turned inwardly and been angry with God. Why did this happen to me? But I didn't. I turned outwardly to God. And God awakened a sense that I never knew. She said, I always took for granted my husband and my family and my friends. She said, now I realize there's such a great gift. I always took it for granted my life. And now I realize just how precious my life is since God gave it back to me. And then she said, there's something that God wants me to do, something special. I just don't know it yet. Well, about a year after she left the nursing home and returned home, she went back to school. She got her degree as a counseling. And to this day, now Susan, she counsels people that have received amputations. And she helps them to cope postoperatively. Now, Susan and John, they could have immediately become angry and you could say throw away their faith. But they did just the opposite. They grabbed on to their faith more than ever. And it was through that struggle, that bitter struggle that they endured, that their faith increased. Why? Because they opened up to God. Through prayer, through the Eucharist, now God blessed them and increased their faith. And it was in the midst of that struggle, as they held on to that faith, that they realized God's presence in their life, that God would never abandon them. More to it, that through God's presence, they would persevere some way, shape, or form, and they did. And I think that's at the heart of the message for this weekend. That's why we have to hold on to those words from the book of the prophet Habakkuk, where God says, the faithful one, because we have faith, will persevere and live. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.